He says, our guidance is not a consequence of a change in the demand outlook out there. Our guidance is a consequence of us driving a shift in our strategy. So here's the issue here. We've got a slowdown in revenue. And you mentioned the rising share count which is in many ways uh, a lingering effect. Hey everyone, welcome back to Chipstock Investor. It's Friday, February 23rd, happy Friday. We are here to talk about Palo Alto Networks. This company is down nearly 30% after earnings earlier this week, back to its price that it was in November of 2023. It's unwound some of those gains it's had over the last few months. We're gonna talk about why Palo Alto Networks is a leader in cybersecurity space, why it's part of our portfolio, and what we think the takeaway is from the earnings call in this last week. Let's get to it. So to start, Casey, you mentioned Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity, the leading peer play, we should say, in cybersecurity. 7.5 billion in trailing 12-month revenue. Peer play leader because it's actually Microsoft that's the leader in cybersecurity all, all the way back in January, 2023, the last update we got where management said they were doing something in the ballpark of 20 billion in cybersecurity revenue on an annual basis. No update in January, 2024 during their earnings call. Who knows why that is, but Palo Alto Networks, the pure play at seven and a half billion in trailing 12 month revenue for Nanette not too far behind them in second place with about 5.3 billion in trailing 12 month revenue. But Casey, I think we should finally reveal the cybersecurity industry flowcharts when talking about Palo Alto networks. It would be appropriate to finally show this off talking about the pure play leader. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about our cybersecurity industry manual for 2024 has been in the works for a few months now at this point. And we have been working on our flowchart. This is very similar to what we did with the semiconductor industry, but you can see that the industry is structured a little bit different and really flows in a circular fashion. And we will have that manual out probably sometime at the beginning of next week. So you'll be able to purchase that over on our Kofi page. In our shop, or you can become a member of the channel. That'll get you the manual and all of our show notes and everything else. Plug for that. Okay, Nick, let's talk about this flowchart. Yeah, let's do that. Let's pivot away from this for just one quick second and talk about the hierarchy of the economy. And this is a chart we did last year, very, very basic, high level, like 10,000 foot view. But on the right hand side, you think about the digital economy what actually needs secured. Historically, the infrastructure, the middle piece of that, all the networking, the internet infrastructure. And then as that has developed more and more into a full-blown digital services economy, there at the top, you have this very, very large top of the funnel. It's massive, trillions of dollars spent every year on digital services. That's increasingly what needs protected. All that software and service, it's huge. So this is not an, an industrial process, manufacturing process like the semiconductor one, but we wanted to illustrate it because here's what has been 
developing as the years go by. We put this together because we find it helpful to visualize what all this data and software and the infrastructure it travels on actually looks like in physical, tangible terms. And so if we're going to place Palo Alto networks on the cybersecurity industry flowchart, their business today actually covers the whole thing. They run the gamut here. They break their business down into three broad platforms. The first networking security. So we can draw a big oval there on the left-hand side around physical location and private data center and network security. Then they have their cloud security platform, and that covers really public data centers and then also those smaller regional data centers or edge network computing. And then their third platform, security operations platform, it does cover endpoint security and mobile users. So we can draw an oval around the, the section on the right-hand side, but that third platform, their security operations platform, they actually have services that can fall into all three buckets here, the networking security, the cloud security, and endpoint and related services. So three major platforms here that they talk about when they're discussing this platformization of the industry, offering customers multiple services from one single vendor. Really important to think about this and this trend when we begin discussing what is going on with Palo Alto Network's financials. There is a ton of information to unpack here, and I think it is very useful to have some visualizations as to what we're actually talking about when we're talking about cybersecurity companies. I know if you're in my position, it's very difficult to imagine exactly what's going on at these companies. So having that visual is hopefully going to be useful to all of you as well, which we'll talk more about in a later video. And as you mentioned, Nick, platformization is definitely something that we need to talk about. Let's take a brief look at the financial metrics that Palo Alto Networks supplied to us in the latest quarter's earnings. You can see that they met or exceeded their guidance for this quarter. 16% up year over year for total billings, 19% year over year total revenues at $1.98 billion. Earnings per share of $1.46 exceeded their guidance for the quarter. Very solid financials for Palo Alto Networks. However, there are two things that we did identify that have put pressure on the stock in the last week. The first is what Nick just talked about, platformization. The second thing that we identified is driving the stock price down is the rising share count. So we're going to discuss both of those things a little bit more in depth and whether or not either of those things is scaring us as investors. Let's talk about the platformization first. When the press release came out, the immediate rise for concern was that Palo Alto Networks actually reduced its full year fiscal year 2024 guidance, which ends this summer. They had been forecasting revenue of about $8.2 billion, a growth of about 18 to 19% for the full year period. But now that revenue growth has been downgraded to 15% to 16%. The good news here is the adjusted per share guidance actually remained mostly unchanged. Previously, it was $5.40 to $5.53. Now it's actually $5.45 to $5.55. So despite the revenue downgrade, adjusted earnings holding steady. But on the surface, I think what a lot of investors immediately thought was guidance has been downgraded. This looks like the same issue that hit Fortinet 
ticker symbol FTNT over the last six months. There's rising competition in the cybersecurity space, especially in networking and related private networking and cloud compute. Palo Alto Networks, a leader in SASE, Secure Access Service Edge, which is a convergence of networking hardware with actual software service. Fortinet ramping up its own SASE service. Zscaler kind of making a push that direction. Cloudflare talking a lot about this SASE cybersecurity service of their own. Wow, it certainly looks like all of a sudden Palo Alto Networks is taking a hit because of rising competition. That was our immediate knee-jerk reaction as well. But maybe that's not actually what's happening, right? Let's take a look at this quote from Nikesh Arora, CEO of Palo Alto Networks. He says, our guidance is not a consequence of a change in the demand outlook out there. Our guidance is a consequence of us driving a shift in our strategy in wanting to accelerate both our platformization and consolidation and activating our AI leadership. We believe this is the time for us to invest given our leadership position in the market and our leadership position across platformization and consolidation. This is a trend that has been going on for a few years. The cybersecurity industry growing very fast. Whenever you have a, a total market increasing at a high teens or maybe even low 20% annualized rate, like it has the last three or four years, you're going to attract tons of new upstart competitors. And when Nikesh Warra took over in 2018, one of the ways they addressed this problem was they went out and they acquired a bunch of these new upstarts to build themselves into the platform business they are now. Now we have these big platform businesses, Palo Alto Networks, again, the biggest one out there, the biggest pure play cybersecurity company out there, Fortinet not too far behind building these big platforms with all sorts of services that cover most, if not all, of the different cybersecurity needs listed on that industry flowchart. So yes, Casey, it sounds like, okay, this is a rising competition problem and they want to try to get ahead of the curve and consolidate all of their customers to their platform and weed out the multi-vendor, multi-point product issue. They're going to take it on the chin. What does that actually look like, though? It sounds like basically a price war. Yeah. An analyst asked a question about this. They said that wouldn't this cause cannibalization of a full price sale to Palo Alto Networks? Management had something to say about that. He says, you go to a customer and they would like to have one vendor for all of their cybersecurity needs, but maybe they have a contract with another vendor, this one for two years, this one for three years, name your pick of contract link. Palo Alto Networks is saying, we will give you this platform to install right now and you, we will let you run it. And when that contract ends with another vendor, that's when you will start paying us. And so up front, that looks like less money in Palo Alto Networks pockets right now. And to investors, maybe that looks a little worrisome. But as CEO Nikesh Arora said, businesses are getting cybersecurity fatigue. They're getting tired of paying all of these different vendors for something they could get from one company. Yeah. So rather than 
setting off a price war. Aurora contends that what they're doing is they're getting ahead of the curve by averting a race to the bottom. So human psychology and behavior here, um, if you've got a contract that's still good for a year plus and Palo Alto Networks is fishing for your business, maybe the, the CTO or the security team is like, you know, get back to us later. We've got time. And then you start getting to about six months until that contract ends. And then all of a sudden it becomes a race because you're worried, like we can't have a lapse in securities. We just need to get something done quickly. And then maybe they just renew the existing contract. And that turns into a price war because Palo Alto Networks is trying to get their foot in the door, but maybe the customer is like, well, how quick can you get it done and, and for how cheap? And then maybe the vendor existing there is like, hey, don't switch. Let's make a deal. They're trying to skirt all of that basically and say, you know what? Keep using your vendor. We're going to install our hardware and software now and you can use it and start scaling into its use and you'll pay us later when your existing contract is finished. It's an interesting take. We'll have to see how this translates into growth going forward and specifically a reduction in growth for at least the next six months to a year. I don't know, Casey, to me, this is a competition problem, but Palo Alto Networks saying like they see it coming and so they're just going to get aggressive with pricing and hardware and software installs so that they can grow more later on. Is that the right way we're thinking about it? Yeah, I think that's absolutely what we're thinking. It seems like a very solid plan. I, I kind of like it because it plays on human psychology, human procrastination, or maybe I shouldn't say procrastinate. Maybe we just like comfort. And what you've been doing all along is maybe a little easier than switching to something new. You know, ultimately, we're also in this environment, Casey, where corporate profitability, controlling expenses and or cutting expenses, that's expected. Investors want to see that. So that's the other thing here. We'll have to see. Palo Alto Networks has to prove it. Nikesh Aurora is kind of an offensive-minded CEO. His strategy when he took over in 2018, that mega acquisition spree that they went on for a few years, didn't sit well with a lot of investors. And this is another, would seem aggressive move to try to get out in front of rising competition and again, platformization, if we want to keep using that phrase, consolidating companies' vendor list down to just one. So here's the issue here. We've got a slowdown in revenue and you mentioned the rising share count, which is in many ways a, a lingering effect of all those acquisitions that were made a few years ago, right? We're still looking at rising share count. That is another concern that investors have, the rising share count. But in order to fully evaluate this, let's look at the earnings per share and how that's changed over the course of the last quarter and its forward-looking outlook into the next year. Yeah, we believe there's still some lingering bad habits that were picked up during the bear market with this excessive focus on stock-based compensation. And we're not saying that's an issue that you ignore. Absolutely not saying that at all. Yes, we need to keep an eye on stock-based compensation and a company's share count because it does dilute you. If you buy a company and the company keeps issuing new stock to employees or 
to keep making acquisitions, it can dilute away all of your earnings growth. So there's a few effects going on here. Last quarter, there was the big spike in free cash flow due to one-time non-recurring items. And now this past quarter, there was a big spike in net income, this time for uh, a tax benefit, one-time 1.61 billion tax benefit. So we have this big spike in free cash flow and in gap net income that has completely thrown a wrench in both metrics. Whether you like to use just gap earnings to calculate a fair value, or if you use free cash flow or a blend of both, like we do, things are a little bit wonky. But what we do have, Casey, is non gap adjusted net income per share, which of course take into account the dilution factor because it's a per share metric. You're dividing the income, the profit, by a rising share count. And the company's still putting up good numbers in this department. In Q2, the earnings per share was $1.46, which was, as we mentioned earlier, a beat on their guidance for the quarter. And if you look at the guidance for Q3 and fiscal year 2024, you can see $1.24 to $1.26 in next quarter, which is still a 13 to 15% year over year growth, but sequentially down. And then the fiscal year 2024 guidance is between $5.45 and $5.55, which would be a 23 to 25% year over year growth. Yeah. An important point here, Casey, revenue is only expected to go up 15 to 16%. So in spite of the dilution, adjusted earnings per share, still benefiting from this massive operating leverage taking place as all of those past acquisitions are now fully integrated in the business and the company gradually, slowly, but gradually, it starts to mature. This does not just happen overnight, especially not for a company like this, where you have to deal with intense competition all the time and a very, very fast changing environment where you have to keep your customers safe from very, very sophisticated and technologically advanced people that want to steal data, hold it ransom. The big takeaway here is we could hyper-focus on the rising share count. Aurora has promised and delivered at times in the last couple of years on this promise to begin reducing share count. They did do a stock buyback program. It looks like that's on pause though for the time being as they address uh, some of these competitive forces here and pick up some customers for the sake of keeping growth going with say two to three years down the road. Right now, the upshot is you may not like the rising share count, but let's not take away the fact that the company is still benefiting from operating leverage across most profitability metrics, gap and non-gap. Currently, Palo Alto Networks trades for 49 times adjusted earnings per share based on that non-gap outlook in 2024 at the midpoint, $5.50. And then based on trailing 12-month free cash flow, currently trades for 32 times free cash flow. Mind you, that does include the $1.49 billion, 79% free cash flow profit margin last quarter in Q1, a one-time event, not going to be repeatable. I think the takeaway 
Casey, this stock may not be as expensive as it appears on the surface on a gap basis, now trading for about 42 times earnings per share based on current stock price of about $268 and again, closer to 50 on a non-GAAP adjusted basis. If you're looking at a company that has the ability to grow its per share profitability at a low teens rate over time, this looks about fair valued right now. We'll discuss this more in the show notes and over on the Discord channel about how we arrived at this, but that's what we're looking at at this point. And yeah, of course, some of the froth that that kind of popped up in the last two or three months and the stock price skyrocketing 20, 30% in a matter of just a couple of months, we've unwound. That seems healthy. What do you think? Are we nibbling here? We've owned this one for a while. I would definitely be interested in adding I think I'm with you on this one. This looks like a, a decent point to take another nibble, but Palo Alto Networks and Fortinet kind of some hitting some rough patches here, but this platformization trend really looks like it could be a, a big benefit for these two companies over the long term. All right. That is a wrap on our take on Palo Alto Networks. We'll, of course, be talking more about this company and many others in our upcoming cybersecurity industry video. We'll try to get that out to you next week and we'll have a manual available to go along with that to help on your investing journey. Of course, as always, please subscribe to the channel if you have not already. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a ton when you hit that subscribe button. If you're interested in talking with us and our community more, please join our membership here on YouTube or over on Ko-fi. And you can get access to our Discord channel where you can talk about Palo Alto Networks and every other cybersecurity company. We hope you have a great weekend and we'll see you soon again from Chipstock Investor.